Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Born out of the pandemic, when product availability was unpredictable or limited, and when a premium was placed on immunity boosting, consumers in 2023 increasingly are seeking out positive nutrition both for themselves, but also for the planet and workers across the value chain. Yes, many shoppers will continue to avoid certain ingredients and foods, but according to Matt Schuler, Director of Insights and Analytics at Ardent Mills, an emerging school of thought among consumers is instead of eating to be healthy, they're eating for health, a subtle but important shift that rewards manufacturers that offer more of the good aspects consumers want, whether it be nutrients or alignment with certain principles that they have. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Schuler explores in more detail how consumers are redefining a healthy diet, including how they think about competing priorities ranging from functional nutrition and taste to sustainability and convenience. He also shares emerging ingredients and strategies that can help manufacturers meet these evolving needs without compromise. So according to Schuler, many of the emerging trends that will shape how consumers eat in 2023 are grounded in the pandemic, which, for better or worse, forced many Americans to take a closer look at their health and, by extension, their diets. I think 2020... um was sort of the crucible that uh, a lot of the trends that are in place today, but more importantly are accelerating and will play out in 2023, that's where they were born. And I think some of the obvious um, things, you know, we work within a, a macro context that consumers came out of uh, 2020 with a sense of empowerment. It wasn't always chosen, but the idea when it came to food uh, and beverage, uh, and especially as it relates to health and wellness, uh, was in their hands, and they became very proactive. And we're seeing that continually revise itself and refine itself, but most importantly, sort of accelerate. Research by Arden Mills reveals that as consumers become more comfortable with the idea of food as medicine, more of them are seeking out functional foods and doing so more often. For example, more than three-quarters of consumers reported to Arden Mills that they are adopting a functional food mindset, at least occasionally. And 35%, they will do more so in the upcoming year. Schuler notes consumers also are seeking out functional foods for a wider variety of reasons than early in the pandemic, when they primarily focused on immunity. There's a lot of intention behind it, a lot of willingness, as we uh, just referenced, to uh, find new foods, new ingredients that help them meet their interests. And it is actually the fastest growing from a participation standpoint uh, from the consumer uh, side mindset or lever that that we track. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's got uh, still a lot of headroom ahead of it. In this mindset, the consumer is looking for a number of things. I think, uh, you know, one of the intuitive ones is immune health all of a sudden became, you know, sort of the holy grail for consumers. But we've been able to pull back the layers a little bit on that and understand how the consumer goes and defines immune health. Uh, Certainly uh, prebiotic, postbiotic, 
uh, probiotic is growing in awareness for consumers, but they think of it in terms of digestive health. And then the next step from there uh, below that is fiber. So fiber has obviously been an important uh, aspect of uh, consumer diets for a long time, but they're building up uh, their knowledge of digestive health as it relates to immune health, uh, primarily uh, through seeking foods that deliver fiber. And Art Mills happens to have, you know, grains, obviously, and, and pulses as well, uh, offer that sort of dietary fiber uh, benefit that consumers are looking for. Chickpeas come to mind. Uh, Art of Mills uh, has a lot of expertise in chickpeas. And um, consumers, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, chickpeas have been around for a long time and obviously uh, have very high awareness uh, levels among consumers. And But one of the things that we're seeing is that there's a slight uh, transition on how consumers view chickpeas. They're learning about sort of the nutrients and the advantages from a um, a uh, wellness standpoint. And so chickpeas as an ingredient, we're seeing a lot of uh, interest among consumers and in our discussions with customers as well, uh, the versatility of it, uh, and as well as I understand from our experts, uh, the performance opportunity as a flower or intact uh, is giving a lot of opportunity to that particular pulse. And then within, you know, grains overall, quinoa remains sort of the uh, specialty grain or alternative grain uh, that is well best well known among consumers. We recently did a survey that uh, shows that it, it's reached a certain maturity level uh, within the consumer landscape. Majority awareness, very strong trial, and uh, very, very high affinity for it, again, either as an ingredient or even just uh, as a side or, or an ingredient within a grain bowl. While health benefits are top of mind for consumers seeking out functional foods, Schuler emphasizes that tasting good remains table stakes, which is why Ardent Mills is focused on offering ingredients like its sustagrain barley flour and its chickpea flour that are healthier without compromising flavor or overcomplicating formulation. Uh, Arda Mills actually has uh, a, a barley uh, sustagrain that uh, has, I believe, the, uh, the highest uh, level of uh, dietary fiber uh, that's available within uh, barley. I, I believe it's three times the level uh, found in, in some other comparable uh, grains. And uh, that's been a, uh, an ingredient within our portfolio for, for years. And uh, I do know that, it's, uh, that our internal team, as well as working with customers in partnership, have really uh, figured out ways from a, a performance standpoint and a development standpoint to, to make that uh, particular uh, ingredient very optimal in, in baked goods and, and other opportunities uh, in food and beverage. In chickpea specifically, uh, one of the things that Arm Mills is looking at is, um, just as it relates to performance levels, is uh, a roasted chickpea uh, opportunity, and that is uh, both in flour and or potentially intact, where um, what it allows uh, from a performance standpoint is uh, the nutrient 
profile remains the same, but some of the leguminess or beanie taste is removed. And actually, uh, some of our testing, uh, sensory testing suggests it actually introduces a little bit of a, a favorable nutty flavor note. And um, that really, we think, is a, a strong opportunity moving forward um, because, uh, again, it delivers many of the same benefits and uh, perhaps uh, takes a little bit of the off note uh, from a taste standpoint um, out of the uh, ingredients and therefore um, makes it very versatile across a number of different applications. Closely related to the rising demand for functional food, but with a little bit more wiggle room for taste and personal preference, is a growing consumer interest in ingredients and products that make them feel well and good, which Schuler says places a bit more emphasis on taste and perception versus scientific support. The rigor is, uh, is lower here when consumers are making choices. Um, I'm guilty of, of this myself, where um, if I feel like it's a good choice, whether there's sort of real benefit to it or not, then that's the perfect uh, scenario. And my appreciation and my, my choices from a food standpoint are actually driven by that. Perhaps not surprisingly, this actually, uh, based on our work with consumers, is sort of the, the broadest of the levers that we track. Um, from a participation standpoint, we find uh, people indicating that this is a, a fairly regular uh, criteria that they make decisions by. And again, it, it's at the personal level, and so what is good for me obviously differs quite a bit but taste is more important in this particular uh, mindset uh, than the benefit, but the benefit needs to be there. Some obvious examples, I think, are sort of gluten-free. Um, we've been able to quantify the gluten-free uh, movement, which has um, sort of reached a majority scale. Uh, by work we've done with consumers, more than half of them claim that at least sometimes they uh, eat gluten-free foods uh, with intent or purpose uh, behind it, uh, even though, uh, you know, the percentage of uh, Americans who are uh, afflicted by actual sensitivities or, or celiac disease is actually quite, quite small, meaningful, but small. But within gluten-free, for example, consumers are making a, a discretionary choice. It's almost a, a lifestyle choice. They have decided that gluten free has a wellness benefit for them. And so what's important there, because it is discretionary, uh, you know, the, the priority put on taste is very important because they're not eating gluten-free necessarily out of need as much as out of choice, and therefore uh, the product needs to taste good. So Arda Mills has a wide portfolio of gluten-free uh, ingredients, grains, pulses uh, that are uh, sort of naturally or inherently gluten-free, um, and uh, many of them deliver good taste uh, as well within uh, the end applications that they show up. Uh, another one would be plant-forward, uh, which is slightly different than plant-based, but certainly grounded in the same area. The idea... Uh, and our understanding of consumers' interest in Plant Forward is obviously very nuanced in that they are looking for um, 
plant-sourced, uh, most often, uh, protein uh, for a number of reasons. One, uh, there's a general health halo around it, uh, but also the good that it does, obviously, uh, outside their uh, sort of personal dietary uh, behaviors, and that is for the animals of the world or the world itself. Um, and, again, Artem Mills has a wide portfolio of sort of uh, plant-forward or plant-protein-based uh, grain. Quinoa would be an example, chickpea again, uh, but across our portfolio, um, we have ingredients that uh, really elevate that experience without sacrificing uh, the taste. Grains that fit the needs of this mindset and with which consumers are familiar include things such as quinoa, barley, whole wheat, and then of course legumes like chickpeas. But a less well-known ingredient with a lot of promise that Schuler says he'll be watching closely in 2023 is millet. So, um, Millets and sorghum, we see a fair amount of usage within uh, the industry, uh, especially as a flower, as you can imagine, um, uh, typically in baked goods. Um, but the connection with the consumer uh, is a little bit uh, more of a dotted line because uh, they just aren't particularly aware of uh, not only by name, but the benefits that uh, sorghum and millet bring to the table. 2023 is going to be an interesting year for millet, we think, because um, uh, the UN has uh, proclaimed 2023 is the year of the millets, um, and so certainly it should be in the forefront of uh, of uh, the food and beverage industry looking to uh, capitalize on that or, or meet that obligation. Certainly within our own uh, efforts, it's uh, – reached a, a, a priority level. Uh, and just as a soft, very soft uh, sort of comparison, uh, 2013 uh, was the year of quinoa uh, and uh, as proclaimed by the United Nations, just like they are millets this year. And uh, we're able to track the usage, uh, basically the usage of quinoa in new products introduced in the U.S., more than doubled in the sort of 18 months uh, following the proclamation. So uh, we're not certain that millets will uh, follow the same trajectory, but at the same time, there will be great opportunity in 2023 uh, from the food and beverage uh, manufacturer side, and we think a great opportunity for millets to uh, sort of move into the uh, spotlight and get some more attention. After three years of cooking and eating primarily at home due to the pandemic, most consumers not only are now comfortable with kitchen basics, but many are also bored with them. Opening the door for a trend that Arndt Mill calls modern craft, which Schuler says simultaneously pushes boundaries and remains grounded in comfort. Modern craft is the idea that um, there's an evolving appreciation for things that taste great, and are authentic. So it doesn't need to be sophisticated or elegant. It can be. And the opportunity there is just to deliver a, a really authentic experience, whether it be the food item itself and or the ingredients that help uh, make that food item, or even the process by which it's prepared or baked or cooked. Um, consumers are looking for that sort of foundational uh, 
cornerstone that they can push off of. They'd like it to be somewhat familiar, but they are looking, obviously, for a little bit of experimentation over the last three years uh, for a variety of reasons, COVID at first, inflation next. Um, consumers have uh, had more at-home eating occasions than perhaps uh, historically so, and so this opportunity to sort of push the boundaries a little bit Maybe something uh, that I'm familiar with, but with a different ingredient. A great example might be uh, pasta made with pulses, um, where uh, I'm able to sort of try something new, uh, perhaps get a benefit from it. And if it's got sort of an authentic uh, grounding, then that is uh, really what consumers are looking for. It's about the joy of eating, which um, I think at the end of the day uh, serves the not only consumers well, but um, the food and beverage industry overall. Of the 85% of consumers who Arden Mills found participate in a modern craft mindset, 52% are more likely to eat organic foods. Organic uh, obviously has a certain halo around it where uh, consumers give it credit for sort of this authentic, real, transparent process that delivers great-tasting food or great-tasting ingredients. And so the taste expectation here within Modern Craft, as you can imagine, is nearly universally high. And organic uh, is an element of that that really delivers on that. And it's not just the taste element as much as it, it is that authenticity where it's a, a sort of transparent process in the mind of the consumer uh, when they see it uh, labeled on the, uh, in the store or in the restaurants. It's uh, an opportunity to sort of feel confident about what they're choosing, know that it's going to taste great, and that it's uh, a process whereby that uh, food item reaches them that uh, is, again, authentic or real. Uh, Arda Mills happens uh, to be committed to, um, to organic uh, as it relates to our portfolio. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I think several years ago we committed to really driving the amount of acreage that was available for organic uh, and have succeeded in that as it relates to uh, wheat. And um, certainly across our portfolio, uh, there is the opportunity uh, to get many of our ingredients, grains, uh, in the organic uh, format or, or grown organically as well. So it's a, a strong commitment that we have at Ardent Mills and something that uh, consumers uh, have adopted. The, the acceptance and usage band of organic overall uh, grew dramatically in 2020 for a variety of reasons. And uh, we do see that there is still a tail where, where uh, some consumers were maybe new to organic uh, in 2020 because of availability challenges uh, or they were looking for the health halo and uh, enjoyed the experience enough to stick with it. And so uh, we think, obviously, organics um, – Growth is still lies ahead as it relates to the food beverage industry, but also uh, Artipel's uh, portfolio. Consumer interest in organic also is feeding into the fourth major trend that Art Mills is tracking in 2023, which is an increasing desire for sustainable solutions that not only nourish consumers, but also support the creation of a better food system. 
Schuler explains that nearly 60% of consumers are adopting a sustainable solution mindset, at least occasionally, and 22% claim that they'll adopt this mindset more frequently in the coming year and are looking for a combination of well-being and well-doing. This is the trend that's uh, still uh, at its most uh, evolving stage by the way that we measure it, both uh, within the industry as well as uh, the way consumers interact with it. It's of critical importance to consumers, but to some degree they are still defining it. Um, And uh, it has a lot of uh, opportunity ahead of it as far as consumers say, this is what's important to me in the industry being able to adapt to that or the industry leading and consumers identifying their own personal principles and aligning uh, to products and efforts in that regard. Clearly, it's um, got an environmental impact, but by the way we measure it, it's actually got sort of three pillars. It's about the product itself. It's about the process used uh, to uh, develop the uh, product, the food product, but it's also got a social element to it uh, about people uh, so that uh, the commitment, especially among younger consumers, to doing making choices within food and beverage that do right by them, the planet, and the people in the food process itself is uh, sort of the three aspects that consumers key off of. Um, they're looking to nourish their own bodies, but also their choices help drive uh, sort of a better overall process from the uh, food end of things, but also the people that are involved with it end. So organic does appear here. Plant-based works well here. The one that um, is most dynamically growing uh, by our measurement with consumers is uh, regenerative agriculture. So that is um, uh, something that... uh, Consumers don't have a particularly high uh, knowledge level just yet. By our measurement in 2022, only about 1 in 10 consumers indicated that they consistently make food choices with that in mind. But also by our work uh, suggests that it is uh, set for perhaps triple-digit growth uh, from a participation standpoint here in 2023 and, and, and beyond. So it's something that's moving on to consumers radar and certainly something that we uh, see not only from the marketplace but also in discussions with customers that has uh, a lot of traction right now and a lot of growth ahead of it uh, in 2023 and beyond. A sizable roadblock that could slow adoption of this trend is inflation because more sustainable products tend to cost more to produce and therefore have a higher price. Schuler acknowledges that if the U.S. economy continues to tighten and consumers begin to pull back on spending, this trend could be more muted among older shoppers. But, he said, younger shoppers appear more willing to make sacrifices elsewhere. So um, one of the intuitive uh, aspects about commitment to this sustainability movement is that uh, younger consumers are very earnest about this um, more so uh, by our measurement, certainly, than uh, the older uh, end of the U.S. population. There's just a real sincerity behind it and a real commitment to it. 
how it plays out in the marketplace. Certainly, we're able to track that um, to date that there is, uh, you know, sort of this follow-through, not only the uh, consumers saying that they'll pay more, but to some degree uh, products that have certain certifications or claims about them as it relates to sustainability uh, do uh, outperform um, products uh, that don't. Um, but the other aspect of it is that uh, that we think that um, consumers will continue to um, grow into this space, and therefore, um, you know, the opportunity will continue to uh, materialize ahead of them. Um, by our measurement, consumers are invested a little bit more in food and using it in different ways. If you think about, um, you know, the way that consumers use food choices today, it's about, it can be about proactive health. It can be about reactive uh, health. Uh, there's a certain amount of badging, uh, as we call it, sort of what does my choice say about me externally, uh, that it goes uh, on through food. Organic plays a role there, um, as well as the fact that consumers are using food sort of within social currency. There are some uh, trends, whether they be dietary or they be ingredient or food applications themselves, that just have a certain momentum within society right now, and people are interested in sort of getting on that. So um, we do think inflation, uh, we have measured the consumer reaction. Um, to date, there's a lot of resiliency within consumer uh, spending and choice making. We have not seen any step back. Uh, what 2023 in full brings uh, if, the, if the recession is fully articulated and um, especially as it relates to employment, uh, we do think there'll be a, a little bit of, of sort of muting of that commitment. But the buzzword that we use is pragmatic. Consumers have indicated to us that what they'll do under that sort of household financial pressure is that they'll be very purposeful in their choices, willing to spend more to get certain food items that meet specific needs aligned with their interests and perhaps making compromises in other places. As it relates to retail, the, the other call out, again, um, it's, it's well known, is that private label right now is really, really growing. Uh, for its value proposition. But one thing uh, within categories uh, of interest uh, or that align with Art of Mills' interests and our customer base, um, one of the things uh, that we're tracking is that private labels are stepping a little bit into the specialty space uh, with a, a, a bigger step, whether that be organic or whether that be sustainability programs or aligned to dietary uh, interest, gluten-free, uh, plant-based, or uh, keto-friendly. And we think that uh, increased uh, efforts in that direction might really play out in 2023 if uh, prices remain high because the consumer sees a really compelling proposition where uh, the value is there for them and this product meets their specific needs. So that may be an area where um, inflation offers both a challenge but also an opportunity. 
The last trend that Arden Mills is tracking in 2023 is deeply rooted in the reality of daily living and serves as a counterweight to some of the other rising values-based trends. And it's an increased focus on convenience and optimized solutions. As Schuler explains, many consumers are still establishing new routines after the pandemic upended their norms, elevating the importance of reliable, everyday solutions that are efficient and consistently deliver successful outcomes. Now, this one uh, ties uh, back probably to 2020 uh, and COVID uh, in the most direct way, in that lives have sort of been redefined from the consumer end, and I'll speak in a second about sort of from the customer or the manufacturer end, where there are new responsibilities when it comes to food, new schedules. Uh, people are still sort of juggling uh, things in this uh, you know, new world, hybrid work, remote work. Um, and the opportunity, we think, and that consumers endorse is it's a high bar. What they're saying, telling us is, I want convenient, high-quality food solutions that I can feel, that I can trust and feel confident in. And by the way, I, I won't make any compromises on things like taste. So it's, it's a high bar, but uh, certainly something that consumers put a lot of value in. Give me a little bit of a head start when it comes to food prep or when it comes to knowing that what I'm eating is safe for me and my family. Uh, it needs to be reliable convenient, and high quality. And the expectation is that when I find a product that uh, meets those criteria, then, uh, you know, my loyalty is one uh, to some degree. Again, uh, to date at least, I'm willing to spend a little bit more to get uh, that combination of benefits. From the customer side, obviously, um, convenience uh, and uh, Complexity uh, is something that uh, we understand is a high priority. Uh, for example, I'll, I'll use food service as an example, uh, where, uh, you know, sort of the cascading impacts of, of uh, COVID and or inflation uh, have introduced staffing challenges, so back of house in, in food service, for example. Uh, you know, they're scrambling to, to have uh, – personnel to help prepare the food. And so an opportunity uh, there that uh, many customers uh, respond favorably to is, is a, a blended ingredient or a mixed ingredient where there's a couple steps taken out of the process to get a pizza uh, dough uh, prepped or uh, other things where it's a little bit more streamlined and uh, reduces the uh, sort of the uh, responsibility in the back of the house. We're also seeing that in the CBG space where uh, just an opportunity to um, find alternative ingredients, uh, eggs being uh, the obvious example and what's gone on with or continues to go on with eggs in the marketplace, both from a consumer standpoint, but obviously also from an industry stakeholder standpoint. We're just knowing the reliability of the supply is going to be there, uh, maybe alternative ingredients that offer performance advantages and or um, uh, added benefits or redundancy so that uh, supply is not, um, you know, focused on one particular ingredient that 
as we see, uh, you know, could be volatile as far as its availability. Um, and the food safety end of things is something that, uh, again, continues to accelerate. One of the things, because consumers are being so purposeful about their choices, it's sort of heightened the scrutiny that they're giving to foods, especially as it relates to just being sort of safe to eat. Um, and so uh, an example of that would be that uh, we recently did some work with consumers and um, found out that there is a lack of knowledge, uh, specifically when it comes to flour, uncooked or raw flour, is not seen uh, particularly or is not known that that actually uh, can be an issue uh, for people from a, a food safety standpoint. Um, and so Arda Mills has uh, introduced uh, some solutions there that uh, reduce the risk, uh, in some cases can help eliminate the risk, and uh, we think there's a, a real opportunity there uh, to support our customers as it relates to uh, the risk uh, sometimes that's introduced to the consumption process when um, it's not understood that uh, uncooked flour can pose a little bit of a food risk or health risk. While each of these five trends may contradict each other at times, Schuler says that he sees significant synergies within the common themes of wanting ingredients and finished products that are better, be it better for their health, better tasting, better for the planet, and better for their budgets and time constraints. And he added, Ardent Mills is ready and willing to help industry stakeholders meet these challenges and turn them into opportunities. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. <laughs>